Hey everybody, before we get into the show today, I'm just doing the due diligence where I tell you, you can follow us on Instagram, you can follow us on Twitter, but I would suggest you don't. You can support us on Patreon if you'd like to, and we have a hotline that you can call in. We're collecting calls, we have a big idea with it, so we're slowly collecting big ones. Uh, it's going to be fun when we're done, but if you've got a story about a cryptid or anything, a UFO story or something, send them to us. Otherwise, enjoy the show guys. Welcome back to the Ask Cat Spirit Hour. I'm the Colonel. This is Caleb. How are the Ford Explorers this week? Leave a comment. Let us know how you're doing. This is, that's right. We're going to do water cooler talk in our comments now. <laughs> how are you guys doing? Um, good. Good. Yeah. Good week. <laughs> Caleb, did you see any ghosts this week? I didn't see any ghosts. I I think I heard a ghost. Yeah. Uh, the back section of the bar. Of course, we always talk about the bar being haunted yeah. as shit. I was standing back there. The bar is haunted yeah. as shit. We legitimately, so we've talked about it a little bit, it is a very old building, and since it's been a bar, which has only been the past year or so, I've oscillated on whether or not to bring out like a, a ghost person to investigate. We've yeah. talked about doing it ourselves, but the bar is legitimately haunted enough that we could bring in like a ghost hunter's crew. Oh, probably, uh, yeah. Yeah, or well, the glass that exploded. Like, wild shit happens. Tell them, I guess, tell them about this. Um, I was standing in the back, and the back section of the bar is concrete. And it makes a very distinct, like, if someone's walking and they're not p fully picking up their feet, you can hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm standing there. I was the only person in the back. We had a couple people in the front, but no one was in the back. And I just heard, like, three dragged footsteps. Ooh. Against the con it was like, Ooh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about that, too, is, uh, for more context for you guys, we talk sometimes, there's a light that changes in our string lights, just mm -hmm. one, and that's about where that light changes, too. Yeah. And that back room is the most active of the rooms. I don't know if they're just happy you're back there or unhappy you're back there, but the lights never stay the same. I will frequently be in there during the day when everything's off, and those lights will come on. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, they're like, whatever lights, but... To the people at home that are like, guys, they're Christmas lights. They always do that. Yeah, but these lights do it, like, reliably every single day. They're basically impossible. And it doesn't really matter what we put back there. That happens. Yeah. 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 Uh, but other than that, nothing nothing too spooky. Yeah. That did scare me a little bit, but... That's that's understandable. Too bad. Yeah. Well, before we get into the stories today, obviously, so we're talking about piracy uh, yes. in the most fun way, in the most direct way, taking over the, the airwaves, and we'll get to Max Headroom and some of the other uh, cool little stories we have about that in a minute, but we like to start with a couple relevant headlines, and uh, the biggest one to me is I was reading this story um, from AP about spot, or shot spotter. Shot spotter is an AI-powered algorithm that uh, it's an app. <laughs> Listen to me. God, could I sound more like a boomer? It's an algorithm app. No, so it's an AI. It's an AI uh, algorithm, and it's what it does is it's supposed to be able to di differentiate the sounds of gunshots from other sounds. Yeah. Except that it's never ever been peer reviewed ever by any expert or any outside source and it's being used uh, the case that AP was talking about was about a 65 year old man who went to jail for a year with no evidence was released uh, all because this app alleged that it could tell the difference in the shots so the big problem with that obviously is that uh, 
Minority Report, pre-sort of thought crime. I also feel like, we talked about this a little bit right beforehand, but it feels like uh, police agencies are going to use, and the government, especially with how much they're talking about domestic terrorism as like a flight. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. we don't celebrate Ukrainian Christmas no. on this spaceship, but that goes both ways. And that feels like an easy way to justify an algorithm like this that says uh, it knows what gunshots sound like. Well, the only people who know if it actually knows what gunshots sound like are the people who make it and the people who use it. Yeah. And it gets very dubious if that's also the person who can charge you with the crime. Yes. Oh, so you're just making an evidence printing machine is what you're doing. <laughs> They're like, it's AI powered and to, and to make the neural network it's based off of. We sent it thousands of tweets and Snapchat messages and Facebook posts of white women in rich neighborhoods saying gunshots or fireworks on 4th of July. <laughs> Dude, I was about to say, this is just like a next door snitch yeah. AI algorithm. Yeah. I, uh, speaking of next door, I the saw snitch a bot. funny thing. It's not one of my articles, but it is news. Uh, if you've seen OnlyFans has said, yes. starting October 1st, Only they're no fans. longer going to... You see their crappy apology, too? Yeah. They were like, hey, sorry, it's about credit card companies. Yeah. Don't take that fucking stance. Especially, I'll, I'm going to talk about it here in a minute, but in the world of crypto yeah. and digital currency yeah. don't even start with well visa doesn't like the pornography visa doesn't have a problem with everybody else's pornography yeah sorry go ahead uh, I, obviously <laughs> i get on a soapbox about that well sex work is real work they uh they of course are like october 1st you can't post any more explicit content december 1st you have to take down all, yeah. all of your explicit content but i saw something the other day that was like only fans removing porn would be like next door removing racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's I don't know. We, you know, when people were like, "Oh, well, they can't use Parler. Where are they going to go?" I was just going to make. They're already on Next Door. That's yeah, where they've they been the whole time. What are you talking about? They don't need Gab. They have Next Door. <laughs> there was a suspicious-looking guy walking around my house. Update. Uh, it was just the gas guy. He was just making sure uh, I didn't have a gas leak. So I'm actually very, very thankful. He said he works here or something. I'm still going to probably check on it. But, you know, we'll see. There was a kid with a backpack walking from the school bus to a house. Leaving there a, might be something about that. A brightly painted, loud vehicle with lots of his homies. Those were his classmates at the school bus. <laughs> uh, but speaking of explicit content, one of my articles is... There's been an uptick in sea snakes attacking divers, <laughs> uh, but scientists have quickly said, uh, they're not attacking you. Uh, they're just trying to figure out if they can fuck you. <laughs> so it's the exact same thing that happens to women, uh, human women. So a bunch of human divers are, um, they're, they're diving and these sea snakes will come up out of the sand and just go straight towards them. That's because they have very poor vision. They don't bite. They don't put the uh, divers in any danger. They got drunk goggles on. They're just going straight for them because they can't see them. And they're like, I don't know if that's a lady snake. And they'll just run up. They'll hit them, realize they're not a lady snake, and swim back off. Pardon me, (laughs) ma'am. Hey, you want to... Oh, nope, my bad. Sorry, (laughs) sir. I'll see you later. (laughs) I can't. I need glasses. But yeah, I thought that was... Do you think if they got him a bunch of sea snake glasses, they'd all be very ashamed? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You are very clearly a human. Uh, You're not a lady snake. My bad. Yeah. Also, do you think that the other lady snakes feel bad about that? Because it's clear that they prefer bigger snakes. (laughs) Skinny lady snakes are like, hey, we're just as pretty desirable. He's like, you know, man, I just want to try something with arms and legs. <laughs> just something different, you know? So, speaking of something different, uh, to go back to OnlyFans, arms and legs. Uh, no, what I was saying about currency, uh, the other, 
headline I wanted to talk about this week is that PayPal is launching cryptocurrency services in the UK. Yes. Uh, which, yeah, that whole mouthful of buzzwords is a lot. I know. Because, well, it's a lot to think about. Like, it's, there's a lot of, PayPal, I see PayPal as a service that pretty easily legitimize crypto transactionally. Yeah. Because PayPal did that initially for digital currency in the first place. Yeah. No, I remember... Not to interrupt, but I'm the old man here. I remember when your grandpa got his first eBay account and uh, (laughs) he was trying to figure out how to buy and sell stuff. And he was trying to show me how PayPal worked as a kid. And I was like, wait, but it's not money. Where does the money go? And understanding that with all the bank information, obviously, that totally changed the economy of online goods. So it could be really profound. It also... I'm incredibly immediately very leery because our weed guy, Terry, uh, is also the guy who's been hoarding a tremendous amount of crypto. And I wonder if any if there's any tie between the Tesla Bitcoin buy and this PayPal mm-hmm. desire to do this all of a sudden. Uh, speaking of hoarding crypto, Mark Cuban was like very adamant being like, Dogecoin's best, blah, 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 blah. Well, someone found out he only owns like $200 yeah, worth. Yeah, we have we more. Collectively yeah, we collectively have more have than more Mark Dogecoin Cuban. than he does. We got stoned and bought more Dogecoin <laughs> when it was funny than he did. Well, I did. Caleb's mother. I didn't. Not Caleb was not yeah, stoned. I, I was. I was, though. I was stoned enough for both of us. So my last article is... Uh, you probably saw it floating around Twitter. There was a video of a racehorse. Dude, this is incredible. In, if you uh, haven't seen this, I didn't see it on Twitter. I saw it on TikTok, but you sent it to me on Twitter as yes. well. And it is just incredible. Uh, there was a racehorse loose on a highway in Kentucky, uh, near Henderson, Kentucky. And it was just running around. People <laughs> were stopped. People were trying to chase it. Uh, but it's it was its first race. It got like scared from the starter pistol which does happen for sure took off um the racetrack it was at was right by the highway so it just took a turn got onto the highway (laughs) and ran on the highway for 30 minutes just hooked it onto the 65 and took off and you think oh that is that is wacky zany that's a great story doesn't end there so the horse runs around the highway for 30 minutes finally they get her settled down they get her back They take her back to the stable she was staying at, Ellis Park in Henderson, Kentucky. She's sleeping. It's nighttime. The barn catches on fire, and she runs away again. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, maybe that's what happened the first time. Maybe we don't know this. This horse was involved in some sort of final destination type (laughs) situation where it was supposed to get shot. Not with the gun. Yeah. That Take back what I said. <laughs> You're supposed to die in some other way. Who knows? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe she knew the gun was loaded. It wasn't a blank. But yeah, it just feels like. And then the barn. Do you think that? Do you think that's a haunted horse? Maybe the the do you, horse's do you sell name is horse is a haunted horse. The horse's name is Bolden Bossy. I guess Bolden so. Brash. Yeah, the Squidward painting. Yeah, uh, but the there was an unknown hero as okay. the time this article was put out that rescued Bolden Bossy and six other horses from the burning barn and they were all taken to an equine hospital and treated they all had minor burns nothing too severe i know it's just cuz you have the shirt on today but i was just thinking like what if that's what the mothman did cuz it's not arson <laughs> no, no 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 wrangled stray horses oh, you know what I mean? arson no what if it was like the shepherd for long lost animals like if your dog disappears you know runs away when you have a dog that runs away and is gone for years 
It's actually the Mothman is out there looking for it, finds her dog and brings it back to you. So, <laughs> that just reminded me of another video I saw recently. This cat, uh, like, ran out of the house and was gone for, like, months. And the, the video was the girl uh, recording. Her dad found it and brought it home, set it down to surprise her sister. Her sister comes home from school, opens the door, sees the cat, starts crying, and the cat just runs out the door again. <laughs> That cat is incredible comedic timing. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's how uh, Homeward Bound should end. They sassy, just run away and just books it out the door. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, well, with all that silliness out of the way, I suppose we could get into the stories of the day, eh, Caleb? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we wanted to talk today about TV piracy. Um, I've... I've uh, listen to me stammer. I'm a big fan of the Max Headroom incident, but I'm also a big fan of... Um, it's one of my favorite crimes. I, I'm trying to find a way to not get us in trouble, but this <laughs> podcast just is always in trouble anyway. We're the permanently cu- li- coming to you live from detention. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite crime. I think it's the coolest crime. I think bank robbery is really, really fun. I think it's one of the coolest crimes, without a doubt, because it's so exciting. Uh, maybe that's just me loving pop culture, but it just seems so exciting. Yeah. Uh, and right up there with that is any sort of piracy. So... I don't know. The statute of limitations for this is five years, so I'm going to be very careful with what I say next. I don't know how long it is for having a pirate radio uh, transmitter in your hometown, but if you were to do that with one of your good friends when you were fresh out of high school, it would be a very fun project, and I suggest everyone do it. It's a really cool way to let everyone hear your music. Um, Just don't get caught, because you'll get in a shitload of trouble. Now, I didn't do that, because I don't know what the statute of limitations is like on it. If you do, and you leave it in the comments, and it's... Maybe I'll share more. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I love the idea. I love the idea of taking over the airwaves. It's such a classical, um, like, supervillain thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's such a Dr. Evil move to, like, take over the TV. And that's the only time it happens. Yeah. It never... I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about a bunch of times it's happened in real life. But it doesn't happen in a way... A supervillain Putin hasn't gotten on everyone's television and set new rules for oh, yeah. the, or leveraged threats. And it's a very exciting trope uh, in pop culture, and I love it when it springs up. Yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, you have in Fight Club the stitching in, just short yep. clips, or uh, Incredibles 2, what is it, Screen Time or whatever. I don't, I don't know, I haven't seen The Incredibles 2. Caleb, what happens in The Incredibles 2? The, the main villain in Incredibles 2 uses basically frequencies on television sets to mind control people. Okay, yeah, and so just like that. Just yeah. has like strobes going on that mind control people. Yeah, I just like the, uh, doesn't Bane take over the TV? Doesn't he do that? Or am I no, wrong No, he just blows that? up all the bridges. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. No, I just, I'm a big fan of it. It's a great psychological move. And like I said, it's such a super villain movie it's like a shark with a laser on its head it's not something that you see all that often no no yeah so we want to talk about uh, several instances we will be getting to the max headroom incident and we're going to talk about who we think done it well and more specifically at this point there's been a lot of really good work done it was a few years ago Mm -hmm. um to see who really might have done it yeah but we want to start with some of our our favorite smaller incidents so uh caleb i'm going to hand it off to you to start so uh these these first three that we're going to talk about all happen with Comcast. Comcast is notorious for not having the best security with their broadcasts. Oh, well, and Comcast, like, well, I don't think there's a cable company that anybody likes. Comcast Cox, is one of the worst. Dude, okay, quick anecdote before we get into this, because everybody's got one. Here's your opportunity, guys. Leave your shitty cable guy story in the comments. 
I once lived in a little house that was behind a much larger house and it didn't really have like a defined address. So utilities were an issue. I kind of always yeah. had to go through the front house. Well, at one point, this wasn't Comcast, it was Cox, but such an appropriately named company. They knocked the line off the pole into my yard and then had the gall to continue. I called in and I told them. And I told them, and I told them, and it took a couple weeks, and I just said fuck it, and I threw the line back because it was a, it was the cable lines, it was a fiber optic line, it wasn't, oh, it wasn't, like yeah, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, 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 nothing like that. So I just threw it. There was like an alley over my wall. I just threw it over there, and I, I called him a couple more times, and I was like, well, they're gonna have to at some point figure this out. It's, yeah, I keep trying to tell this guy his gas door is open. Like, let him just find out the hard yeah. way. You just cut it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, well, it was already cut. It was cut and fell into my yard. Oh, that's why. So okay. I lost service, and I have this fucking thing in my yard. They won't come do anything about it. And I was like, well, fuck. So I was like, I guess I don't have cable anymore. Don't have the internet anymore. I throw the cable over the wall and try to go on with my life and I find out like three months later that they have sent me to collections you know they've closed out my account and it's because I didn't pay a bill after I had called them and told them to turn off my service because they cut the fucking wire off the pole uh, and they just didn't do anything about it we're like no you have service it says so in our computer I'm like the the cable isn't physically connected to my home whatever sensor you have that tells you that it works is fucking wrong get a different one also Uh. I have uh, shout out to my buddy Skittles. Uh, Clinton is one of my dear friends, but he, let's just say being a cable guy isn't hard, you know? So I don't <laughs> believe a lot of this shit. Sorry. So I, I say all that to say Comcast security, yeah, is historically yeah. bad. And their customer service is even fucking worse. Oh, yeah. That's why this but is fun to talk t- about today, because going after cable companies feels good to everybody. Yeah, no one cares. Fuck cable companies. It's like Jeff Bezos. Just universally fuck them. Fuck them. Who cares? <laughs> so on May 1st, 2007... Uh, there was Disney Channel show Handy Manny. It was like <laughs> Which is a, already not yeah. a good name for a children's show. Handy Manny. Handsy Mandy. Is. Oh. <laughs> it's Mandy Moore running around grabbing guys' hey. butts. <laughs> uh, That's it, why we didn't see her for a while. It's like a knockoff Bob the Builder, and he's. I don't know. But uh, for an entire hour. Bob the Boomer, and he just walks around grabbing butts and talking about boobs. <laughs> uh, Disney Channel was supposed to be playing Handy Manny for an hour in New Jersey, and instead was just playing hardcore porn. Hardcore porn. Just giving it to him porn. Uh, <laughs> the kind with the close ups on the genitals. Of course, so many complaints went through, and Comcast just said, uh, we're continuing to investigate the root cause of the incident. <laughs> and Disney Channel was like, we value the and trust that the parents have in Disney Channel and our programming and certainly take the regrettable programming disruption in New Jersey extremely seriously. <laughs> that's Disney's. That's going to be our bad. That's good. That's on us. That's going to be our bad. They've never really figured out what caused it. They've never gotten to the bottom of it. Just for an hour in oh, New Jersey. Oh, they got Jersey, to the bottom of it. In <laughs> the middle. And I think they finished around on the top. Uh, no. Comcast, Comcast hijack does sound like a sex thing you learn in New Jersey. All right, so for my next one, this is so that's in 07, and we only say that because that's kind of seemed to be the prime period. Yes, 07, 08, 09 in there. So in 08 on February 7th in Nashville, uh, they also saw pornography in lieu of. Uh, Cartoon Network. It was softcore porn, which wasn't quite as bad, uh, but it was inadvertently shown. In this case, it legitimately was an accident. Yeah, this wasn't a high. We wanted to include uh, a couple accidents to show that there was some plausible deniability after the Max Headroom incident, and 
it should be made clear that it's basically impossible for there to be any. Because in order mm. for this to happen, it's pretty intentional. So these guys, in, they swore up and down that it was an accident. But I'm going to go ahead and say that somebody behind the scenes had something to do with this. Oh, 100%. Okay. I'm going to pull the curtain back on the colonel a little bit. I did go to journalism school, and I used to work in a newsroom. And I have worked newsroom switchers. I've also worked, uh, you know, I've seen multiple different ones. I'm not just sat at the same one they had at that crappy station. And what I can tell you, I also grew up with a father who was in radio. Keep doxing me, go for it. I don't really care. Uh, I've been around the equipment, and I know how, like, old school a lot of it is. You know, like yeah. to go back to the Cox cable getting con- disconnected from ass. Like some of this stuff, yeah, requires like switches. Yeah, yeah, and like big buttons and stuff. And like even those Chirons and shit, like that stuff has to be made, which we'll get into with Captain Midnight. Like that has to be made in the board, basically, yeah. to present like that because it has to go on top of the feed. So it has to be coming from the station or wherever the feed is originating. Mm-hmm. So in these cases, like they can say that this Cartoon Network accidentally showed softcore porn. Bullshit. Some guy decided. It's porn o'clock. Yeah. It was like, I'm done. And they they swore that they were going to take the steps necessary to like prevent this from happening. That's just fire the dude to push the button. Yeah. That's how you take those steps. Just find the person that pushed that button and then go, okay, we'll get a different job now. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You've done it wrong. So that takes us to another I'm year. fire you like that one day. <laughs> just come back and get a different job now. In the future, one year in the future, February 1st, 2009. February 1st is an important date because it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, it is. Comcast the superest of bowls. is uh, showing the Super Bowl on NP- uh, NBC in Tucson, Arizona. Where for about... Shout out Tucson, Arizona, <laughs> by the way. Cream design. And also support the Sonoran Desert Toad. Yeah. It's very important to both of us. Uh, for about 20 seconds, Super Bowl's going on. You throw long, long pass... 20 seconds, cuts out, softcore porn just starts playing. Um, it only affected analog cable subscribers in parts of the Tucson area. And uh, people were like, what's going on? People were thinking, was it the small local channel? Because Comcast was letting other places broadcast since it was the Super Bowl. It's a big thing. Well, and it could have, yeah, it's pinging through that tower. So you could definitely hijack it from that tower. And they figured it out. They're like, no, it was Comcast themselves. It wasn't the local channel. So they're trying to get down to the bottom of it. They launch an investigation with the FBI. Dude, every time this happens, launch an investigation because somebody threw boobs on the TV. Even funnier, they launched this investigation with the FBI. They put out a thing that said... If you watch this clip, we're giving you a $10 credit. <laughs> Not even money. <laughs> we're giving you a $10 credit. credit for watching this porno. And then in 2011, Frank Gonzalez, a former Cox Communications employee, <laughs> was like, is. yeah, that was me. <laughs> and I'm fucking proud of it. <laughs> he was like, uh, I thought it was really funny. And his punishment was a three-year probation and a $1,000 damage is fine. Oh, that's bullshit. I mean, that's not that bad. The probation's lame because then they get to control your life for whatever amount of time you're on it. But, man, good for him. He probably should have waited until the statute of limitations were up. Yeah. But good for him. It's because it is a fucking funny prank. It's so funny. We advocate doing this crime. It's a good crime to do. It's a fun crime. It's a a victimless crime. It really is. If you want to come at me and be like, well, children might see genitals. Well, you're the fucking victim here because they're fine. Your kids will be just fine. They'll be okay. It's porno. If it comes up on your TV, go, ooh, and move them out of the room. You don't have to go, well, I don't know. 
Billy's just going to watch you it. You shouldn't I can't be stop watching it. <laughs> yeah. Be it's a Bob's in vagina. <laughs> now, the one I want to give, so this is the last of like our smaller examples. This one was in 07 as well. But it is a little bit scarier. This reminds me of, do you remember when the Hawaiian missile alert system went off? Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Hey, guys, this isn't a drill. You're about to blow up. And Everyone porn, was like, fuck. Speaking of which, and Pornhub's fucking servers crashed because so many people hopped on. So in the Czech in 2007, in a city that I won't embarrass myself or anybody else in trying to pronounce, uh, they're, they have a public TV feed that shows cameras from the national parks. Mm -hmm. you know, pretty stuff. Like atmosphere TV, you know, when you're in a hotel lobby or whatever. And uh, hackers managed to hijack one of them. This one's really fun. Because this one reminds me of War of the Worlds. So that's why I like all this stuff. To anybody yeah. who wants to poo-poo on this or leave a comment or get upset because we're glorifying this prank, that's, remember that Orson Welles did it too. Yeah. It's like, it's one of the greatest pranks you can pull off on people. And I, yes, I know that he didn't really cause mass hysteria, but he mm -hmm. did scare people. Yeah. And that's what happened in the check. So one of the feeds they replicated, like in Speed, spoiler alert, if you don't know the ending of Speed, they cut the camera and loop it. They... Uh, made a, uh, a CGI replication of that shot of the park and of a nuclear bomb going off <laughs> in that window. So you're just watching this little atmosphere TV and then all of a sudden this one just boom. <laughs> and that's a really funny prank. Nothing really happened. The guys who did it did turn themselves in and the government, they got minor f fines and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't too big of a deal. That one's fucking hilarious. My hats are off to them. My hats. I wear six and I take them all off to them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> my lady shit, my lady shit, my lady shit. Uh, we're not going into the biggest one yet. No, but now bigger we can talk, one. Yeah, because you know, there's. I guess we could give greater context. These are fun to list off, but like. The, we're including them because they're different examples. So, like, the check one, that's dangerous, right? Yeah. Like that could actually theoretically cause some form of hysteria or at least fear. Uh, most of them are just kind of silly and funny. Captain Midnight was a protest. Captain uh, Midnight was a protest. And it was an protest. admirable protest. Uh, and we should also point out these, well, it'll be six examples by the mm -hmm. time we're done, are not the only six. And they're oh, all not at all. relatively... So, Captain Midnight and the Max Headroom incident, the next two incidents, both... Those are in the 80s. Those are in the late 80s. Um... The last incidences were all, as we said, 07 to 09. And most of them that you see persist through that time period. Kind of like the end of the first decade of the 2000s, you saw a lot of it. Yeah. And that makes me wonder. I know at the time that satellites were kind of being phased out. And I wonder if that was part of it. Because satellites are way more susceptible to these things because they have to be communicated with. Yeah. You know, so if you have to communicate with it, there's always going to be an open channel. Plus, I don't think we've seen many cable takeovers recently because, I mean, in 2010 is when cable started to die. I know. And you know what's funny is, like, now we see it but we see it in a different way and we see it as entertainment because like look at the black hole event in Fortnite or the concerts in Fortnite, like these games, these things that happen in these worlds, mm -hmm. that's what they're doing, right? Like they're hijacking your experience. Yeah. What you want to do right now, you can't and yeah. you have to do what they're doing. And it's interesting to see that we just kind of use it as entertainment now because yeah, imagine if you flipped on Netflix and it just belonged to somebody else. You know, we see DDoSs and we see domain squatters and stuff. We see people get their shit taken on a regular basis. We see celebrities claim to get hacked on almost a daily basis, depending on how drunk they were. But it's interesting to see that we don't necessarily see the freaking or the pranking in the same way that we saw in the BBS days. Yes. You know? Or you like go on HBO Max and you realize someone took over it and they like just made it inoperable and then you realize that's just 
the format of the it's HBO God, Max, the worst fucking app. <laughs> not to Eddie Burback this up because I want our content not to suck and to be funny, but that dude, HBO Max might sincerely be some of the worst UI I've ever seen. You get on there and they're like, "We heard you. We're gonna do some updates." Now it's all motion control with <laughs> yeah. your remote. Yeah, you're gonna have to use a Wii to do it. <laughs> but speaking of HBO, Captain Midnight. Yeah. So April 26th, Complaints specifically with HBO, and they're bullshit. <laughs> 1986. Um, an engineer by the last name McDougal. 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 Yeah. No. Uh, the AV Club called him the Reagan era Robin Hood, and I don't even know where to start with how fucking wrong and off base that that is. <laughs> But that's not what he was. He was just a funny guy who did a quick prank. He was. He was an engineer. Robin Hood. Do they even know what the fuck that story's about? For a telecommunications company. And the second engineer left at 6 p.m. and just left the facility to him to make sure everything was running. And Reagan was such a bad president. It was such a terrible... Sorry, it just bothers me so much. Um... And so he was looking, he oversaw the uplink for the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> and he was like, now's my shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope they didn't get the, tell him large march since you. <laughs> that shit scared the hell out of me as a kid. Uh, I think it scared us all. But so what he did is he was in charge of the station. So Pee-wee's Big Adventure was about to pop on. He was like, now's my chance. He went. We've all been there. Swung the 30-foot transmission disc back to its storage position, which sends it straight up, which pointed it at Galaxy 1, which is the satellite that carries HBO. See, like, this is so cool. Yeah. It's like, he manually had to do this. He was like... He then uploaded... I can see The Rock doing this in the movie. He's, like, riding on the dish. He's doing it by hand. Yeah, the mechanism snaps, so he has to, like, throw a cable and throw another cable, and he's like... We're going to reach a really... Is The Rock going to die in the next five years, or are we going to reach a really weird physical appearance time for him? I don't know what appearance is. Appearance. Yeah. Appearance to your peers. He's too buff to be as old as he's getting, you know? He's pop. How much of that do you think is synthol? Anyways. So, HBO was showing a movie called Falcon and the Snowman, which, not the Disney Plus. You mean the Disney Plus show? The Falcon and the Snowman. What a Dude, rude thing it. to call Bucky. I love it. Bucky was called Snowman. He's like, now's my shot. McDougal uh, swings this 30-foot satellite straight up into its storage position, like which is rock. straight into the <laughs> air. <laughs> he then connects it to Galaxy 1. Yeah. Galaxy 1 is a huge satellite. Yeah, I can only imagine that a giant lightning bolt came out when that happened. <laughs> Uh, it was like a Legend of Zelda thing where you yeah. have to position something and a light beam it's connects it. Skyward up. Sword. He yeah. points it up it's and not. light comes through it. It connects to Galaxy One, which hosts HBO. Now is my chance, since his own broadcast that says, Good evening, HBO, from Captain Midnight. Twelve ninety five a month? No way. Showtime and movie channel beware. Dude, that's such a polite uh, threat. Oh yeah. No way. Knock it off. That's too much Bro, money. come on. Keep doing it, too, if you want. I don't care. <laughs> Such a, uh, I like to go to all that effort to interrupt the HBO, like the international HBO signal yeah. through the satellite to just be like, hey, guys, knock it off. I think it's kind of unfair price. I think nine ninety nine would be just fine. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with eight bucks? <laughs> The previous stories we had, it just affected Nashville or just affected Tucson yeah, or just no, affected a small town in New Jersey. 
This affected 14.6 million people for Ooh. four and a half minutes. That's amazing. Um, What's wrong with eight bucks? For four and a half minutes. So Hughes Communication, the owner of Galaxy One, immediately noticed the jamming and threatened to shut down HBO's satellite signal entirely. Dude, this is so dramatic. Yeah. You can see the room where he's like, he's getting the phone. Do your phone thing. Do the phone thing. <laughs> yeah. the phone satellite. Where you get I don't know. Seven phones. Get everyone. Can we turn it off? Uh, so <laughs> they ended up. The reason they were so curious and furious about it... Curious and furious. ...is they thought it was a domestic terrorism attack. Which is fair. I mean, that's kind of... It was. I mean, kind of. It was just like the most polite domestic terrorism attack. They had to call Homeland Security box office. (laughs) (laughs) This is when we got it. Um, So finally, uh, HBO's technician, who is working with the officials, called Hughes Communication, and he's like... "Um, we don't know what's going on. Like, we don't know what's causing this. We'll figure something out. And so they were like, what we're going to do, they got control back by increasing the uplink transmission power from 125 watts to 2,000 watts. But it didn't end up working in the long time because McDougal also increased the power, which made it go on for 90 more seconds. And if they did it any more than 2,000, it would permanently damage the satellite see this is there's like such a dramatic retelling of the story somewhere because it's like we can't go any higher it'll blow and once he realized that they were amping it up like he could see that they were amping up the power he's like oh fuck they're on to me immediately just abandoned control of it went home was super scared and then the next day he He was like under his bed um so Hopefully no one noticed. Like, no one that's not working at HBO didn't notice. He turns on the TV and sees that almost every major news network is talking about it. He's like, um... Well, this is a different time for HBO, too. This is like when, you know, roadside motels would brag about having HBO in the rooms, you know? So he did possibly the funniest thing you could do. He went to work... And pretended to have no idea about what happened. And people are, like, it's on all the major news networks. People are talking about it. And he's like, huh, what are you guys talking? An HBO takeover? Like, that's, like, the HBO, like, that's crazy. I was here all night. How would I know? I didn't touch the satellite. I mean, I don't even have HBO. It's too expensive. It's, it's up to what, like, 11 to, 12 I just don't know what's wrong with eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Something should really do it. No, so uh, Galaxy One like carried HBO on Transpotter 23. Uh, like I said, at that the rate, satellite has too cool of a name. Uh, Galaxy One, yeah. yeah. Um, the reason it was taken as such a big domestic terrorism threat is because... A, because it was our HBO. A uh, magazine known as Mother Jones determined oh. that he could have potentially taken over three additional satellites. From where he was. Um, he could have taken over CBS had he positioned his satellite to the uh, Telstar 301 satellite operated by AT&T and tuned it to 6,065 megahertz. He could have also taken over the foreign language feed of Voice of America. Which would have been fantastic. Aiming the satellite It's not very confusing. That's a really funny idea to take over uh, a network but in the wrong language. Yeah. So the, the people watching it are like... Oh. I don't know how to read that. I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> They're like, oh, 
Is this aliens? What are these symbols? I don't speak this language. But and someone comes in and there's I like, think they're no, getting invaded. <laughs> uh, yeah, if he went to uh, 72 degrees west longitude, he could have taken over Voice of America. He also, this is the real important one. If he angled the satellite at 100 degrees west longitude over the Galapagos Islands and set it to 293.375 megahertz, he would have jammed Fleets of Com 1. What's Fleets of Com 1? <laughs> Sounds it's official. the satellite that controls all of the Navy's satellites. <laughs> it's also in charge of, at the time, 1986, the satellites that alerted U.S. military forces about Soviet actions. Oh, man, that's good for the goddamn day right So there. imagine that I almost, getting jammed. Yeah, I almost died before I was born. Because if that, you know, we've talked about this before. We, we haven't done a lot of plug-in of the former episodes on this one because we've been talking about something that's a little different. But if you listen to the, the Battle of the Big Sky, mm-hmm. uh, you'll hear me talk about how growing up in Great Falls where there are a bunch of nuclear missiles is terrifying because we used to do those drills and shit all the time. And you are, like, the first target. Like, when people are like, oh, well, if they shoot the nukes at us, you know, I don't... The people who live in, like, backwoods Tennessee are like, well, I don't live in New York. I don't care. Well, the fucking nice farm people in Montana are going to get eviscerated because that's where the missiles are. So, uh, this isn't the only time. This is going to be just a small little story that I I find interesting. Um, Not the only time during the Cold War and the Red Scare era that we did almost get nuked by Russia. There was a submarine um, that was one man away from nuking uh, the U.S. And that's because some rocks fell off a cliffside, knocked out communications of the submarine, and the people on the submarine thought that the war had started, that nukes were launched. So when when you launch a nuke from a submarine, you have two people that are in charge of a key. They both have to turn it at the same time and hit a button. Those two guys were like, we can't get in touch with anyone. We felt something hit us. We felt the submarine shake. It must mean we can't get in touch with anyone. Should we launch the nukes? And the other guy was like, I think we should launch the nukes. So they go to turn the keys. And luckily, there was a third guy in the room that wasn't supposed to be there. Like, yeah, and he was yeah. like, hey, 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 hey. I'm, this is my room right now. What he was like, like, we shouldn't do it. Let me see if I can get a hold of someone. Did the auxiliary uh, communications, found out that everything was fine. And he's like... Yeah, guys, you shouldn't launch the nukes. So I, we were I, one guy eating a sandwich away from nuclear warfare. Yeah, I think that, that story is probably a little more impulsive than it sounds. It's probably like the guy was like, oh, shit, it's fucking time. And the guy was like, what? No, it's not. It's not time yet. Did you try calling? Did you turn the generator on? Did you call? No. I bet it was like a rock or something. What are you doing? And then it took him two minutes to calm him down. He's like, see? I got him on the horn. They're fucking fi- we We're put- fucking. Can we take his key away? Why does he have the key? Where's he's my like, sandwich? You're, you're, you're an American spy. He's like, just, he's just ready for action. He's like, this job's so fucking boring. It's time. <laughs> Can we put him on the front lines, please? It's Cold War is so boring. So the intrusion just called minor annoyance to viewers, but it was a bigger deal for HBO. Yeah, yeah. Because it showed this huge flaw in their security. Yeah, they got clowned pretty hard. It was polite, but it was still they got dunked on. HBO contacts the FCC or the Federal Communications Commission. Oh, it was that's like, what that stands for. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, hey, whoever did this has to face prosecution. And uh, Richard Smith was like, all right, pulled together an emergency meeting. He's like, eight hours. <clears throat> that guy's name is Dick Smith. Is that what you call a guy who makes a dildo? Dick Smith, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny. So Dick Smith, 
has this meeting for eight hours uh, to discuss how the culprit should be caught. Uh, April 28th, so two days later, the chairman of HBO, Michael J. I know it's Fuchs. Michael J. J. Fox. Oh, I was going to say Michael J. Fox. No, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Michael J. Fox should change his name to Michael J. Fox. He should come back and be like, I'm back. I'm now Michael J. Fox. Uh, Dick Smith and Michael J. Fox were like, hey, uh, Michael J. Fox wrote the FCC and was like, we got calls threatening to place Galaxy 1 into a different orbit, but we don't know if they were credible thoughts or not. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to send your satellite in a fucking orbit, dude. <laughs> it's hard to uh, in orbit. <laughs> uh, Fuchs later was like, let's use all of your resources. Dear FCC, use all of your resources to take this man down. <laughs> we hate him. Over 200 people called to the FBI to confess that they were Captain Midnight. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Love that. The Department of Justice, the DOJ, made indications that they it? were going to get involved. Where we go one, we go all. Yeah. A real Spartacus <laughs> moment. I'm Captain Midnight. I'm Captain Midnight. You know, there are people sitting at their homes so like, Right, thirteen dollars is too much. I'm, I'm Captain, Captain Midnight. <laughs> Standing out their window, I'm Captain Midnight. Honey, Jerry's being fucking weird in the front yard again. <laughs> just looking through the curtain. He's just, I'm Captain Midnight. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh man, he's being weird. Um, so Vietnam broke him. They first uh, thought that it was one of the HBO engineers. They investigated all of them. Um, they investigated. Even some people in the FCC themselves, <laughs> some engineers were investigated, but finally they narrowed it down to uh, the manufacturer that produced the character generator graphics model used to generate the typeface in the jamming. Yeah. They figured all that out. They figured out That's that what I was talking about earlier, when you have to have the equipment to physically use it. The commission then... It's not just like a Photoshop graphic. You can't hop on Canva. Yeah. Later learned... You shouldn't hop on canvas. No, not at all. Use Krita. It's way better and it's free. Yeah. Uh, the commission later learned about an accountant from Wisconsin who overheard McDougal brag about jamming at a payphone in a rest area off Interstate 75 in Gainesville, Wisconsin. That's beautiful. Um, and obtained a license plate number for, uh, for his car. So they then went and they investigated him. And they're like, hey, man... Did you do this? Because we heard that you said that you did. I feel like you were bragging about it a lot. That reminds me, we don't talk about it very much because it's our heaviest episode. But we did an episode on the Beltway Snipers. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how they got caught. Oh, yeah. They just got caught in plain view in a truck stop bragging about stuff. Um, so they order him a subpoena. The U.S. attorney sends him a subpoena. And he's like... All right, they figured out it was me. I'm going to court. I'm not even going to fight this. I already feel bad. I, I'm sorry. He goes to court. I just, I was like, what's wrong with eight bucks? Your Honor. He, <coughs> yeah, what's your, what? He's before the judge, and he's like, what's your, what's your defense? He's like, well, I'm going to defend myself. What's your defense? He's like, Your Honor, what's wrong with eight bucks? Thirteen is too much. What's wrong with eight bucks? He's like, you're kind of right. It is too much. <laughs> Adjourned. No, so uh, McDougal then contacts attorney John Green Jr., uh, brother of Hank Green Jr. <laughs> He's popular on TikTok right now. No, different person. Uh, who advised him the chances of him winning the case were about 70%, but the trial would be risky and costly. 
and he faced being fined up to $100,000 and sentenced to one year in prison if he was convicted. Jeez. And he was like, um, but I'm worried about going up to the jury and lying to get acquitted. And he's like, well, I'll work with you. It's fine. Like, I'm your lawyer. I'm your lawyer. That's kind of the point. He then uh, changed his mind and agreed to cooperate fully with the FCC. He didn't want to, like, he didn't want to combat it. Okay. He was like, I don't want to go up there. I don't want to accidentally say the wrong thing and get acquitted. I don't want to lose all this money. If I do lose, I don't want to go to jail for a year. For sure. I'll just see what the FCC wants. Well, they have the first hearing in July 22nd. He pleads guilty to the charge of illegally operating a satellite uplink transmitter, a violation of 14 U.S. Code 301. I hope at the bottom, though, there was a note that said, but it was a fucking sweet dish swing. <laughs> um, he did do a plea bargain, received a $5,000 fine, was put on unsupervised prohibition for a year. Prohibition. Prohibition. <laughs> prohibition. He couldn't make any yeah, alcohol. That, that should be a punishment. No, it's prohibition. You're just not allowed to You're not allowed to life. drink. You're on quarantine. That's what it is. Um, probation like for one year. And had his uh, ham radio license suspended for a year. Damn you. Damn you. How dangerous do you got to be to get your ham radio? That's it. Here's what I'll give him. That is a real domestic terrorist punishment. Like, the crime didn't feel that much like domestic terrorism. Yeah. But the punishment certainly did. Oh, 100%. If, if you're not allowed to use your ham radio anymore, that's because you're a domestic terrorist. Like, those are the only people who aren't allowed to use their ham radio. That's the only anymore. people who use ham radio. I know. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, a small group of people using ham radios. And then on top of that... The bad ones is a smaller... Well, and that group's probably a larger than smaller group. But, yeah, anyway. We don't want to... I would actually... I'm not concerned that we're going to piss off any ham radio enthusiasts because there's no way they know the internet exists. <laughs> a funny thing with ham radio... Uh, they think YouTube is TikTok. They do. Um, my grandpa, who is no longer with well, us... When jokes on them, it's actually Facebook. <laughs> my, my grandpa, who uh, sadly is no longer with us, he was one of those guys where he's like, he got everything he wanted for himself. Yeah. So buying gifts was the hardest thing possible. But he get the man who has everything. Exactly. So one year I was like, well, what if I just like, he, he loved hobbies. He had uh, basically a severe back injury that caused him to be in physical pain all the time since he was like 30. Okay. Uh, so he retired early. He sold, he had an insurance business. He sold it uh, and he retired early and he just had tons of hobbies. He was a carpenter. He did stained glass. He did everything. So I was like, what if I... He did beekeeping, which was super fun. <laughs> I was like, what if I just get him a new hobby? So I bought him a book on how to get your ham radio certification. And I was like, I don't know. I thought you might do it. And he's like, I might just play music over ham <laughs> radio and just be my own radio host. He's like, that does sound fun, just that's being cool. a radio host. Yeah, that's great. But uh, he, he never got around to it. But I just thought it was a fun thing. Just You say that, but maybe he had something to do with this. <laughs> he just had like a, a real alt-right news thing. <laughs> yeah. the, the secret side of him, none of hey, us man, knew. I hate to break it to you, but he's from Indiana. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so Hughes Communication, after he uh, got this $5,000 bond... $5,000 fee, probation for one year, amateur radio, license revoked. Hughes Communication was like, we're going to take him to civil court. And they're like, that's actually just a waste of time. He's fine. He didn't really hurt anything. <laughs> uh, he got tons of interviews. Um, he went on record and he was like, yeah, um, I didn't mean like any malice with it. He's like, am I sorry? No, because it's funny. But I didn't mean any malice. I'm not a domestic terrorist. <laughs> I just thought it'd be a fun thing to do, and I learned my lesson. <laughs> so sorry. <Yeah. laughs> 
I made a huge mistake. Um, that, of course, had caused um, the rights of cable companies to scramble programs. That kind of elevated. They don't have to contact the person who owns the satellite anymore. They can just do it themselves now. That's one thing that came out of this. And they instated a couple more laws about you know hijacking things. Yes, yeah, there's more punishments for it. There yeah. definitely is. Um, yeah. Another article went out a year before he did it that spoke about this type of signal interference. And they're like, was this your influence? He goes, no, I haven't actually read that. Uh, <laughs> it well, is not my influence. I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> but yeah, so Captain, Captain Midnight man. taking over HBO. The Reagan era Robin Hood or whatever really wrong thing <laughs> the AV Club called him. I mean, come on. All right, go ahead. Yeah, and then we'll do this one. Sweet. And then I gotta take Lindsay to the airport. The last one that we're talking about is the Max Headroom Takeover. Yeah, the biggest. I think this is probably one of the more beloved ones. It's definitely the most memed. We'll play some clips of it. Uh, you guys will. I'm sure you're gonna recognize it. Max Headroom was a. So he was a character from a TV show, a, like a faux news, sort of a satirical newscaster AI kind of mm -hmm. thing. Sort of looked like Ken, um, of Barbie and Ken fame. And would sort of glitch and spit out anti-globalism uh, slogans yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, also was a, a spokesperson for Pepsi for a little bit. Yeah, he would ride the wave. Ride the wave. Catch the wave. Catch the wave, sorry. Uh, the ride wave the wave of, was a cult. Yeah. Catch the wave was the wave of people switching from uh, Coke to Pepsi when Coke came out with new, new Coke, Coke. And everyone fucking hated it, yeah. so people were drinking Pepsi. And they've done it again. There's another new Coke. There okay. is. So, Max Headroom. Max Headroom. Chicago, WGN. Set the stage here. WGN, at the time, that's the largest Midwestern network. It's yes. It's one of the largest networks. You know, you've got LA, you've got New York, and you have Chicago in terms of, I mean, in Dallas, down south, but up, up north, Atlanta, I guess. Chicago is one of the biggest cities for news. And Absolutely. WGN is about as big as a local news network gets. Uh, and they're doing the 9 o'clock news, which yep. was the news at 9 o'clock. Yep. That's, <laughs> it's right there in the name. It is. And uh, everything's going according to plan when all of a sudden uh, the screen goes black for 15 seconds. And everyone's like, Oh, strange. Which, if you ever had satellite TV, I grew up with satellite TV. Not a strange thing for me. So I'd just be like, ah, it's just the satellite doing whatever it's doing. Yeah, but this no. was a different time. Yeah, there wouldn't be when you were flipping through the channels. You'd get like that, you know, the two seconds of the black. Yeah. That didn't happen, no. Uh, It'd be static and then whatever. So this was 15 seconds of black screen. Then all of a sudden, uh, a person wearing a Max Headroom mask and sunglasses was standing in front... Because Max doesn't usually wear... The character doesn't wear sunglasses. Mm. So when you see the, the Max Headroom with sunglasses, it is from this footage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, standing in front of a piece of corrugated metal that was rotating, because Max Headroom had these, like, neon lines. That yeah, were, you know the photo day background? Yeah. Yeah, like the sort of, like... Um, cyberpunk aesthetic <laughs> scan lines. Yep. Yeah, like neon scan lines and shit. Yeah, it's all that sort of thing. So it's like spinning behind him. It's all really like I said, we'll play it, but it's all like very delirious kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know, super disorienting. Grainy. Yeah. Uh, and then he starts super talking. Super grainy. This is 1987. Listen yeah. to him. <laughs> um, but then all of a sudden he starts. Was this not even in 4K? <laughs> he starts talking, and you hear it's very staticky and garbled. Cody just took a pee. Yeah. Uh, Cody Co. piss sound. And it went on for about 28 seconds, but he didn't really say anything. There was just buzzing and static. And it went on for 28 seconds and then stopped. 
when it stopped, the news reporter came back on. It was uh, Dan Roan, and he was like, um, if you're wondering what happened, so am I. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, be spooky as a, as a newscaster, you know? Like, you... I mean, what would you think? And he joked that the computer run in the news took off and went wild, and then just started talking about the Bears game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the Bears. Uh, and then later on that night, about 11.20, so this was 9 o'clock news, a couple hours pass, uh, they're playing Doctor Who. Uh, it was the horror of Fang Rock. It was a the, classic. The episode that they were showing cuts out again. Goes black for 15 seconds, comes back on, Max Headroom again with the corrugated metal floating in the background. This time, he's talking. He, uh, he shows up, and he just goes, What's up, you nerds? <laughs> Frickin' nerds. <laughs> he then calls uh, the WGN sportscaster Chuck Squircy a uh, frickin' liberal. Yeah, which is, I think, what you... This is a quick aside, but Max, that specific takeover has been sort of co-opted on 4chan and places like that as like a, uh, a, a meme that means the inverse of what it does. Yeah. I, I swear it's just because it calls Chuck Squirsky. So we'll get into this, who Chuck Squirsky was. We'll explain that in a little bit. But he could have been somebody new that this person knew. Uh, and to call him a fucking liberal, like that's, you know, that's exactly, yeah. He uh, Also, it... You watch the clip, but it really, I don't mean this in any sort of uh, insulting way, but he has some social mannerisms, some physical body language, and some speech patterns of someone that might have high-functioning autism. Yes. A very, very sort of like autistic sense of humor. Like yes. silly, playful, kind of brash. Uh, he's moving around a lot. Like, a lot. Uh, he reaches down at one point, he holds up a can of Pepsi, and he goes, catch the wave, which was actually Coke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he just tosses it. And then he reaches down again, and he pulls up his hand, and on his middle finger, he had, it's either, like, every news source calls it a, what, a large phallus? Yeah, well, they call it, like, a hollowed-out dildo, and that's so frustrating, because I was stoked. I was like, oh, that's gonna be fucking funny. It is not a hollowed-out dildo. It looks like one of those straws that they have on a bachelorette party. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, it's a dick, but it's only, like, it's... I mean, it's like this big, and yeah. it's just hand plastic, and he has it on his middle finger, and he's waving it around, and then he just throws it Smaller into. than an actual penis. I mean, but yeah. And then he starts just going on this weird, like, quirky, almost just saying whatever comes to mind. Yep. He's, like, making sounds, making quick comments. Uh, he puts on a dirty glove, and he's like, my brother's wearing the other one. Throws it off screen. Yeah. He starts singing Your Love is Fading and hums part of the theme song from uh, Clutch Cargo, which was an animated series in the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, which, I mean, so again, this is 87, so for that person to know that, they'd have to be... Because we're going to have to start trying to guess who did this. Yeah. You know, uh, who done it. And what were they? They'd have to be 30 or 40 at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes, I still see the X, which was like the last word uh, or the last sentence in the last episode of Clutch Cargo. Uh, he then pretends to poop <laughs> and he goes, I made a great masterpiece for all the greatest world newspaper nerds. Yeah, that's that was going to be the name of the episode, by the way. It was just too long. To yeah. The thumbnail. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, the dirty gloves thing. And then it like. Not a wipe or a dissolve or any. It's like the harshest transition. Yep. Uh, then shows him standing on a chair with his pants down and a, a female figure slapping his ass with a fly, fly swatter. swatter. Yeah. 
And then he just keeps going, oh no, they're coming to get me. Ah, make it stop. And then she keeps hitting them. It then fades into static. And then it's just Doctor Who. Just goes right back to Doctor Who. Yeah. And you know that remind this is a silly ass thing, but uh, when my dad and I, I my dad worked in radio my whole life, which he did the morning show, which meant that when I get home from school and as a kid I'd get to hang out with him. And one of the games we'd play when we first got cable is we'd bounce through the channels and you'd wait till somebody was like halfway through a sentence, then you'd go up a channel and see if that person completed that sentence. And that's what this feels like to me. He just did it on like a, a much, much larger level. Uh, I had a similar game with me and my sister, but like I said, we had we had Dish or Satellite, um, and we had the HD channels as well. Yeah. Well, the HD channels were always like two seconds behind because I guess they just took the regular ones, HD'd them. It's, and it's then a thicker signal. You they know? transmit. It takes longer. So what we'd do is she'd be in a room with the HD one on, and I'd be in the room with the standard definition one on, and we'd just turn it up as loud as we possibly could. <laughs> And we just made this weird echo chamber of whatever was playing. You kids are torturous. Of course, everything that happened was like, what is going on? They, nothing could be done to counteract it. Because it was so late at night, there were no engineers on duty at Sears Tower. This, the main transponder was Sears Tower. We didn't know what to do. Someone was like, hey, why didn't you attempt to do corrective measures? And they're like, we just couldn't. There was nothing we there could do about it. There was nothing we could do about it. No one was there. As the content got weirder, it got we increasingly got stressed out. And by the time our people started looking into what was going on, and we sent engineers, we called, hey, you need to get to work immediately, figure out what's going on. They get both phones. It was only a 90-second interruption. So by the time they figured out what was going on, got someone on it, got someone up there, it's it was like, over. It's, like, yeah, it's that old trope, uh, movie trope, keep them on the phone long enough to trace the yeah. call. Yeah. yeah, keep them on the phone. Um, and the way it was achieved was they just sent a more powerful broadcast than the one the tower was sending out. So it's a super difficult task to do in 87, but it was made possible by switching from analog to digital in 2009. That's one of the big reasons why we saw those stop later. Okay. They switched from analog to digital in 2009. So it was possible. It was just very difficult. And that's how they did it. Somewhere... They, uh, one of the theories that I've read is they had their own little broadcasting system that they put on like a mylar balloon and got it up close enough that it was interrupting it. Some people were saying that wouldn't work. Some yeah. people aren't quite sure how it was I don't done. Think that would, I think that it's too heavy. Yeah. Yeah, the amount of... We'll get into the amount of power you would need to do that, but I don't think it would... I don't think you could float it up. Uh, some people said that they were just on top of another tall building near Sears Tower, because, I mean, if you've been to Chicago, there are a ton of skyscrapers around the area. Absolutely. Uh, High-rises of four to five stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no one has claimed responsibility for oh, Well, I believe the five-story building is the tallest building in North Dakota, right? It is, something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, but no one has claimed responsibility there's so many theories some people think it was a disgruntled employee some people think it was a part of chicago's underground hacker community yeah but the thing is uh the fcc was like yeah if we did catch someone they would maximum fine of a hundred thousand dollars and up to a year in prison but the statute of limitations went out in 1992 so if they do catch who did it 
nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah, me. at this point, there's nobody to catch, right? Yeah. You could be... The crime's gone. Yeah. Now, so this, I guess this is where my portion of this comes in, the whodunit section of this case. Because, yeah, it's a wild stunt. It's really fun. You guys got to see it. Uh, or if you're an audio listener, you at least got to hear some of the really weird stuff. Sorry, it was probably weird to just kind of hear yeah, that. Out of if you're driving and it scared you, where you yeah. apologize. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. But, yeah, so, you know, it, it definitely spooked people. And it's not like... This is the 80s, so... This would have been ten years removed from the summer of Sam, mm-hmm. so something like this happening is still legitimately pretty scary. Oh yeah. Now it didn't mean that there were going to be armed people searching the streets because there weren't any threats or anything. Still a scary thing to do. Now because of the nature of the crime, they knew that the perpetrator either had to have done it um, as an inside job or have the equipment and know very well how to do it. Mm-hmm. Now that's where everybody's favorite. Internet forum comes in. Reddit. Never um, heard of it. Ten years ago, eleven years ago, there was a post on Reddit that has since been updated a number of times over the years that serves as kind of a great um, yardstick for this uh, investigation and for who's guilty. Yep. So, this post, this poster, initially alleged that when they were 13 years old, they remember hanging out in the BBS scene and uh, like D-dial and stuff, like dial-up chats, that sort of thing. I'm sure anybody listening to this has no fucking idea what I'm talking <laughs> about. This is what we did before the internet, um, when it was all still telephone-based and yeah. like more on the telephone side than the, the chirping signal side, the binary side. So... Uh, there were circles of these people, and you know, phone freaking was a fun thing to do. There was a in the analog world, there's a lot more possibility for the small time hacking. You know, in the digital world, it's packet delivery and that sort of stuff, tracing, tracking, like all that sort of stuff is sort of samey, mm-hmm. and it's not as fun. Phone freaking, you know, putting a card into a payphone and getting it to call India is pretty fucking cool. That's an exciting thing to do. Copying the tone to be able to do that. So there were, it was a more active endeavor, I guess is what I'm saying. You saw more people out there doing it. Now that meant that you had social circles. Now this person alleges that one night when they were at a party, two brothers who they don't want to name, uh, but they call J and K, uh, J being a 30-year-old with high-functioning autism, mm-hmm. Um, but severe high-functioning autism um, with a passion for um, specifically hacking and hijacking um, TV signals. Yes. That's what he likes to do. Yeah. Now, his older brother, Kay, is his caretaker. Um, however, they don't live together. Kay has a girlfriend. Kay's, or I believe his girlfriend's name is M. Goes by M. Uh, and in this scenario, they allege that Jay is the Max Headroom. Um, he said that Jay's sense of humor is incredibly childish, um, very kind of moronic based on poop and dick jokes. Yeah. Uh, to any of you that are Gus Johnson fans, if you just saw his most recent skit, basically that. That's what uh, Jay thought was funny. Mm-hmm. And those are a lot of the jokes that are present. It's the only kind of humor that's present in the video. Oh, yeah. He also, as we mentioned, has the body language of someone who might have high-functioning autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a brother. He has a brother who's very closely tied to. He mentions his brother having this glove, uh, having the other glove. The, the matching dirty glove. Yeah, yeah, and then the the same person alleges that it's likely that Kay is the one being spanked by his girlfriend in the video. Um, and that it's not Jay, because Jay wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. He definitely wouldn't want to be seen naked. So uh, he said that they know this because he heard them discussing it at a party the night before, said something big was coming, and when they asked, well, what do you mean, something big? He, uh, as a matter of fact, the way he describes it is kind of funny because he talks about how he kind of laid in the cut for the whole party, and then they're all out 
sort of socially gathered together. Uh, and he was just, he basically stood up and asked for a, a summary of the evening's conversation. Yeah. So he was like, so what's the big stuff everyone's talking about? I swear like, I'm not a narc. I didn't talk to anyone at the party, but I heard all of your conversations. <laughs> what were you talking about? And they're like, ah, fuck off. And <laughs> allegedly Jay told him, just watch Channel 11, which is the PBS affiliate that uh, it was, it's not WGN because that was during the news but the PBS affiliate when Doctor Who was playing, that's Channel 11 and he said watch Channel 11 tonight, something big's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So that's 11 years ago Eight years ago, someone else posts on, on I was about to say on 4chan, but on, what's the difference? On Reddit um, and sort of bolsters this claim, also doesn't want to reveal the name says J and K this lines up, confirms with the previous poster that they are talking about the same people, and they kind of gain this head of steam. And then a writer from Motherboard in 2013 decided to investigate it as well. Um, and that meant a lot of investigation with the people at WGN, and mm -hmm. sort of now taking... In all of this investigation that's been done outside of it, obviously there wasn't... Once the police investigation ended, it was just sort of up to you know private detectives or whoever might want to take on the case. Now we have yeah. more people like you and I that like to do this sort of stuff, obviously, but um, the, the, the case sort of... Um, I don't want to say went cold, but um, it was made abundantly clear to a gentleman who runs the Chicago uh, TV History Museum... Um, Fuzzy Memories TV yes. on YouTube, if you want to check it out. There's some really awesome clips on there. There is. Shout out to that dude. He's got awesome stuff. But shout out to him for two reasons. One, that. Two, he's a Chicago uh, TV historian, and he spoke to some people at WGN, and they all but confirmed that there's no chance that it could have been J&K, because in order to have pulled this off, you would have had to have worked here. Yes. Uh, and that's where we get to the other theory, where we come back to that fucking liberal... Mitski, and that's because that was another gentleman who was another. Um, he worked at WGN. Yeah. And the prevailing theory after Rick's investigation, after the exoneration of J and K, is that in all likelihood it was uh, one specific individual who was unhappy with his job, took the opportunity, was probably drunk or high, which is what we're seeing with his erratic, the erratic behaviors, all yeah. the bullshit. His stupid, crappy jokes. Um, in all likelihood, we're probably looking at a drunk, pissed-off guy who got away with a pretty hilarious prank. But now the conspiracy theorist yeah. in me says that's not what happened and that it was, I don't know. I wouldn't say false flag because I don't really subscribe to the idea of false flags. I don't yeah. really think they happen. Um, but let's take our caps off here and say it wasn't a drunk guy quitting his job and we participate with a greater conspiracy, what do you think happened, Caleb? Uh, I would be led to believe that maybe it was a test to see if, like, this underground, the Chicago underground hacker community, it you was basically... You jumped into a gang? Maybe, like, it, you had to do something big to get in. There are a lot of, like, notes of Project Mayhem to this, mm -hmm. certainly. That, or it was a test to see if they could do something bigger. Like, if we can pull this off, we can do something bigger. Yeah. Uh, but because it was so short-lived and very erratic and stuff like that, they never did anything bigger. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, uh, it. to me it has... I hesitate to say this because they're probably just linked in my head, but it has very uh, Mr. Robot vibes. Yeah. Um, and the hacking that happens in that, especially with, like... <sighs> 
I won't get into any of the spoilers, but in the later seasons and stuff, mm-hmm. like it has, it all rings very reminiscent of this Max Headroom incident. Like it feels like, it feels like the groups involved in a show like that could easily, and it makes you wonder where the writers got those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who told you that story? While we were doing Discovery, Fuzzy Memories TV, uh, someone was like, hey, I've been so into this mystery. Can you give us a little tidbit about what you've been figuring out? This is my favorite thing he replied with. He goes, well, I think I can give the people a small tidbit. We believe the girl in the incident video is wearing a painter's mask, i.e. one of those disposable breathing masks you can buy to make sure you don't inhale stuff when working on various projects, as we've all become very (laughs) accustomed to in the past year. He goes... Don't think there's anything particularly relevant about this tidbit, but it's something we figured out. <laughs> you asked for a tidbit, I gave you a tidbit. It's so funny. These guys have a really good sense of humor about yeah. it. It does seem like it was probably just a disgruntled employee of whom we will never learn the identity uh, because he's probably not going to come out and say it like some of the other people that we've talked about today. Yeah. Um, and he definitely did not feel as bad as Captain Midnight did about it. Oh, no. I hope that it wasn't a man. I hope it was a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Because with that whole costume, there's no way to tell. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. I don't know. Although it did seem like a man butt. It did seem like a man butt. That's true, but that might not have been Max's butt. That's true. Because Max's mask is off at that point. Yeah, they hold it up. Yeah, it could have been anybody's butt. What do you guys think? Who do you think Max Headroom was? What do you think the incident was about? Do you think it was a silly prank? Do you think it was a guy who had had enough of his job or a girl that had enough of their job or neither that had had enough of their job and uh, wanted out and wanted to do it in a glorious fashion. Do you I think it was part so. of something bigger? Do you think it was part of something bigger? Do you or think- thwarted something bigger. They realized they couldn't do the bigger thing. Or do you think that all of this kindness around J and K is because they know that they did in fact do it? Because I will say that while that evidence is circumstantial, it's significant. There's quite a bit of it, and it really does seem... It's the guy's sense of humor. Oh, I left out the portion that he watched that cartoon when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And that cartoon's a really niche cartoon, and humming the tune of like the theme tune to that song again is not meant this is not meant in any mean thing but that's something that someone an autistic person who grew up with that show i could see that being a compulsion for the yeah. rest of their life yeah that and is like a comfort thing that's not to say they didn't do it and also had someone yeah. on the inside yeah especially if they're part of this like hacker group i'm sure there's an engineer there that would be like yeah this is funny. not to continually plug it but om shinrikyo man yeah. om shinrikyo had people, had people in the government everywhere. so it's definitely not unbelievable to think that yeah maybe maybe this was done by these j and k guys and they've just had enough effective shield because i mean if they're that capable who knows what they've gone on to be able to do now maybe they go i'll make 10 grand show up in your bank account if you just don't ever mention my name. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not Jerry. I'm not Jason. Yeah, I'm Jay. And yeah. Go, okay. Well, I respect that. And I'd hate for anybody to know. You know. Yeah. I think there's a lot of ways that we can fudge the truth on that shit and lie about it. Uh, it is worth pointing out that the original Reddit poster who said who brought up J and K in the first place was minorly doxed and was. Uh, living in Tucson, only a couple blocks away from the site of the Super Bowl interruption. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm going to take this opportunity to say that was not me. I am not Jay. I am not K. (laughs) And all of that could be absolute bullshit (laughs) because when somebody found hard facts, they also found some circum... This dude's showing up going, I got a bunch of circumstantial evidence. And somebody's like, well, I got a little on you. And he's going, no. Well, uh, that's just circumstantial, though. That's not. (laughs) That's not evidence. That's not the type I have, because it's about me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we hope you guys like this case. Let us know what you think it was. We... I'm going to go, I'm going to say that I think it was dead sec, you know? I yeah, think, I think it's it's part yeah. of a bigger underground thing. Yeah, I think it was entirely intentional. I think it was J and K, and I don't think they got in trouble for a reason. Yeah. I think that they got good friends. I think they've got loyal people. 
And that's awesome. I hope that's the case. I hope it was them. I hope they pulled it off. I hope they pulled it off in plain sight of everybody just like yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you did like it and you're on YouTube, you know what to do. Uh, the answer to the riddle, my riddle for last week, was halfway. You can run halfway into the woods. After that, remember, you're always going to be running out. This week, what has many keys but can't even open a single door? We'll see you guys next week. We love you. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys. Down. I'm telling you that right now, Cody. This is a real threat. I'm going to put this in the, in the video somewhere. Maybe I'll just put it up as a clip on our social media. But, Cody, Co, I'm telling you right now, as a native resident of Montana, if you move up there, I have eminent domain, I'll burn your fucking house down. I won't hurt you or Kelsey. I might take your dog. Chili.